they're basically saying they're buying people's ideas just based on a trailer that they shoot or a scene that they shoot or maybe even just a pitch that's so good with images that they'll literally shoot it. You know, they'll give you money to shoot a whole scene. I mean, to shoot the whole series where the TV market used to be different where like you would have to like write a pilot episode, they'll let you shoot the pilot and then they would screen it for people. And then if people seemed interested in the screening, they'll be like, okay, we'll give you a season. This week on the Young and Dumb podcast, we have Chris. As a top-notch film director, Chris has been making his name known nationwide by leaving his mark on the media world. Originally getting his start in high school, he developed his skills to hit the streets and record dope music videos. After gaining popularity and dominating his scene, he took his talents west to LA and mounted a whopping 35,000 followers on Insta. He can write and produce, but this week we learn to direct with Chris. In the young and dumb way, we had to give Chris the word direct, dabbled in content creation his whole life, from home videos when he was just in school to now when he's creating content for some of the biggest names in hip-hop. Imaginative, you have to be in this industry, not only in the pieces that you make, but in how you get your words seen by the right eyes. Resilient, he had plans to go to some of the best film schools in the U.S., but one factor was missing, money. So he had to put school to the side and focus on getting his work out there. Earned. He isn't a one-hit wonder or just learned editing overnight. Chris has been at this for years and it's been amazing to see all the dedication come to fruition in his work. Complimentary. is how he got his work in the beginning. Doing outstanding work for free, then leveraging that in your portfolio to get then get paid. Tasteful go and check his Instagram page. The video production is top-notch. This week, we direct with Chris. Welcome, everyone, to the Young and Dumb Podcast. It's your favorite co-host from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, back at it again with episode number 80 for you guys. We have a special guest from South Florida, Fort Lauderdale to be specific. Christian, say what's up to the people. Yeah, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Glad to have you on board with us today, and you are in the film industry, which is super dope. We don't have too many um, experts of your kind on the podcast, so we want to waste no time, show you the young and dumb way, and hop right into it. So let Let's us know it. who you are and what's your story. All right. Um, my name is Christian Breslauer. Um, my story, oh, where do we begin? Uh, I would say as far as the uh, – as far as getting into film and stuff goes, um, it probably started around like six, seven years old. Um, and basically I had like, uh, my parents had a big VHS camera. Um, and you know, every summer we would just get kind of like the neighborhood kids together, come up with an idea, maybe write them in school or something and just kind of shoot, make little movies and, you know, mess around with editing software. At first it wasn't even editing software. It was literally just editing uh, on the VHS camera. Like you do a scene. Okay. It was a bad scene. You got to rewind and just tape over it. Um, that was kind of like the OG days. Then I would say probably by like 12 or 13, um, I was heavy into skateboarding, so I started getting like better cameras, like doing the skate videos thing. Um, definitely messing around with more editing softwares and just taking a little bit more time into it all. Um, but so skate videos were a big part of it. Um, you know, just I think it gave me a fearless way of like just you know kind of having fun while filming. And then about freshman year of high school. Um, and I sold my my Sony VX camera. I had made like two movies up until this point. One was a mafia movie starring my brother, myself, and some neighbors. Um, and I mean, it was funny, like doing like shooting scenes and just really DIY stuff where like, um, you know, every time a gun would shoot, like literally had just a flashlight, somebody flicking off screen. Like we were on some real, uh, you know, DIY stuff. Um, 
and obviously we'd screened it for family and friends and my grandpa like still has the dvd today to this day and like shows all his friends and i'm like you know grandpa have like so much better work to show people than look what my (laughs) grandson did but uh you know he's italian for some reason he loves it um so so then from there we went to like i would say 14 years old um i started i joined the tv production program in my eighth grade year of middle school and kind of was was really doing good with that uh, made a couple little shorts then by the time high school came around um i had gotten a really like it was right when like 1080p cameras came out um and i remember i got a camcorder 1080p and it like had the ability to do 24 frames per second and i was like oh my god like i'm about to just crush it with this you know what i'm saying so it's like so then i started writing more and more in-depth stuff so by the time it was my sophomore year I had this bold idea to shoot like a whole like feature film and it was like a war themed movie where it was very enticing with like a big plot of like a nuclear bomb and these snipers were sent in to like defuse it and all these things. And my grandpa was in the military. So I had a lot of costumes. I mean like war stuff like that he had collected over the years. And I had an army uh, Navy surplus story, just got a bunch of uniforms, got all the neighbors involved. And we shot this probably over three summers of like, oh, we got to go film the last scene. And the worst part about it is I think about it all the time is like, I never finished it. And all I have to show from it are a couple of little scenes and like a little trailer. Um, but it's cool because I think of like, when you look at a lot of successful filmmakers, they have all these old archive stuff to drag from where you can see like, oh, you know, like a long time, you know? Um, mm. And I definitely have a lot of that where I could show growth. Um, but yeah, we never finished it. But I learned so much from it, um, like building, you know, I, I, another thing is I had super supportive parents, like uh, my dad would build all my, like, I'd come to him and be like, dad, I need a dolly for this one shot. Can you build it? Here's how you DIY it. And my dad's in construction, so he's really good at these things. So like, he's like, yeah, sure. And, you know, he's there building me a dolly. Then I was like, oh, I need, I need to do like this cable cam bullet thing. And it's like nothing existed. And this before a lot of technology existed. And I, I know it's great because it's definitely gotten way more accessible to like people. Mm-hmm. Filmmaking has as a whole, like with YouTube tutorials to like effects. And I think I was just on that pre-bubble of it really like accessible. Like it was crazy. So back to the TV production thing is TV production in school standards is all about telling news stories for like your school and all these things. And honestly, I was always against it. Like I hate news. I hate all that stuff. So like, um, I was kind of the rebel of this class where I'd be like, Oh, like, let me just go shoot a short film and we'll put it on the news. And, um, my first mentor was my teacher and he, it was, it was like my freshman year, we had a different teacher. And then by my sophomore year, they fired that guy and they got a new guy and he was young and he really liked me and we kicked it off kind of this creative control to say like he knew my talent was like not in that realm of he's you know I was creative you know I can't be like boxed in and go tell a story from some you know kid playing violin with one hand or something like it's a great beautiful story but I was not the guy that wanted to go tell those stories you know what I mean (laughs) I was like let me make a movie about him but let me not just like interview him in his house you know what I mean so he kind of gave me free roam to do things and I would write like little shorts and sure enough like I became known around school as like all the teachers would call me, you know, like young Spielberg and things like that because I was heavily involved. So I literally took TV production every semester from my freshman year to my senior year so much that by my senior year, the County that I was going to school in, like they ran out of classes to give me, like I was already an AP, like advanced, like I think it caps off at TV production seven. So they literally had to create TV production eight for me. They're like, you're the first kid that's ever done this. So I was basically a teacher by my senior year and I had internships to go to like, you know, news studios. And I I got an internship at a a local news station and I went there and they were like trying to give me these stories. And I really wasn't into it. You know what I'm saying? I had a girlfriend at the time and it was like, these things and it was like these stories they had me doing and I remember the guys at this news studio they made me a line editor and one thing about me is I hate editing even to this day I'm not a fan of it but I only edit because I trust my edit like I I trust myself more than I trust other people because it's just in my head I'm just a creative like weirdo when it comes to that stuff but but I hate it so I'll never forget these teachers there saying and at the time I was like early in on Adobe Premiere and things like this like Mm. I remember getting Adobe Premiere when it was called Adobe Premiere 2.0. 
and super basic software. And I would start messing around with After Effects back then. It was called After Effects 6.0. And you could barely, like, you could just do, like, text things on it. But I got in on it early. So I got really good at it. And nobody else was really good at it. So I was able to do, like, really cool things that people were like, oh, my God, like, how are you doing that? Now I look back and I look super cheesy. But, like, nobody was doing it at the time. Um, but long story short, this, this internship was like, oh, you know, you better get like used to using Final Cut because that's the industry standard and blah, blah, all this stuff. And I was like, dude, well, I'm able to do the same stuff on Premiere and I'm more comfortable using it. So what's the problem? He's like, oh, well, when you're on a big professional thing and, you know, blah, 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 like, you know, you're just not going to get hired because you don't know how to do it. So me, I was just like, all right, whatever. So I learned it and whatever, but I still hated it. So then I remember it came time for graduation. And mind you, I'm not the best student. I was not good in other classes. I was great. I was an honors class. I was an honors kid in like writing. Um, but that was pretty much it. Math for me was a complete like struggle. I could never do it. Um, and all these things. So so I didn't have great grades, but I was great in the creative stuff. So I'll never forget my senior year, my writing teacher. And this was honors writing and she, I was failing the class and she, she had pulled me aside on the last day and she's like, Chris, you know, you're failing my class and like, you know, technically you, you cannot graduate. And I was like, true. Well, you know, basically, um, basically if I didn't get the points up, I would have, you know, not been able to graduate. But she goes, Chris, you're so talented. And she knew I was good at it because I was writing I hated like writing like senior papers where it was like you had to cite things and you had to show all your creative writer. Like I was great. I was in honors because like when it came time to write, I could pull a story and write some crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? But when it got down to like taking the fun out of writing, I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm not, I literally didn't turn in a single paper all year. So you, you she, weren't an MLA format type of guy. <laughs> no, hell no. I could, I still couldn't do it to this day. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, so yeah, I just kind of didn't do it. And then she pulled me aside and she's like, but you're so talented and I don't want to be the reason you don't hold you back. So she passed me. She gave me a, like a D enough to pass me. I'll never forget that. Um, so, so then it came time for graduation and I graduated and I was like, man, well, at the time I was getting all these brochures, um, for like USC school of cinema, LA film school, just looking at all these options. And obviously California was where like, I knew I had to be and I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, my parents pulled me aside and they were like, Christian, like, we know you love filmmaking, you're good at it, all this stuff, but um, we don't have a way to send you to school. My parents are going through hard financial times and like, I had no scholarships or anything like that. And so I was like, wow, what do I do? Cause like community college didn't have anything I wanted to do there. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have any programs. So I was like, kind of like, between a rock and a hard place. So I would say I would call it the searching year. And uh, to be honest, I just spent that first graduated year doing nothing. Like as bad as it is, I would just sit around, get high all day and like literally do nothing. And then I kind of like sat there and I was like, well, I can't do this forever. Like this is bad, you know, I'm not gonna achieve anything. So then I'll never forget, I, I was following certain people on Twitter at the time and basically a rapper a kid i went to high school with was a rapper um and this is a very big moment and i'll bring everything back to this one moment um at the time my computer was broken that i used to edit on so i wasn't even like like i said that movie i had started in high school by the time i graduated you know it was just a weird really transition period i didn't want to do it i, I kind of like fell out of love with it and it was really odd but um so then a tweet popped up and it was from this kid that was a rapper that went to my school and it was like looking for a dope video guy. And I didn't really fuck with him like in high school. So I was kind of like, do I really want to go down this road? But then part of me, I just lit, I remember looking at the tweet and I was like, what do I have to lose? You know? So I just reached out and he called me. He's like, here's my number, call me. And we met up and then I had to explain to him. I was like, dude, I don't have a computer right now to edit on but I have a camera that I, I literally bought the camera and my computer broke. So I never even tested out the footage. It was a new camera from that 1080p one. It was Canon T2i and it was like a DSLR and it was like the, sp 
the start of that big DSLR movement. Um, and he's like, and I had never shot a music video before. It was not really something I had done. So we started shooting. Um, we went out and shot a music video that day. And we freestyled the whole thing. And he paid to fix my computer. And as we did it, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I did it, boom. And he was like, bro, this is dope. And he was like, yo, let's just keep going. Um, Cause he had shot bigger videos in the past and he was kind of like in and out of situations. And then we kind of just built momentum of just shooting stuff without really like, you know, thinking too much about it, just kind of shooting, you know? And then as we shot more and more, you know, his manager got excited and was like, okay, well let's start giving some money towards these things. He'd come up with some ideas and we shot, video after video and then all of a sudden we gained we gained some traction and he was like yo you want a better camera and he had bought me a canon 5d mark ii which at the time was like a badass dslr um and we shot the hell out of that camera and then um i'm trying to think then we reached a point where we kind of just i had met people from shooting with him and my name was starting to get some buzz locally where i was getting more and more clients and then I mean, I, I did the majority of those videos without ever getting paid, you know, a dollar. And I was working at a restaurant making like terrible money. I mean, I had a car that I had bought with some graduation money. I couldn't even drive it because I couldn't afford the insurance. And then the money I was making at my job, I was literally just saving to try to get like this to drive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. and and I was shooting videos in between. Then I, I remember when I got like my first paid job to shoot a video and it was like $600. And I was like, holy shit, like $600, this is crazy. Like, you know, I shot the video in a day. I had it edited the next night cause I was so excited. Um, I was like, wow, I'm starting to get new clients. I'm starting to do this. My name's starting to grow. And so then I remember I got a better job, restaurant job. I went through three restaurant jobs and I was shooting the whole time just kind of like building my name and trying to pay my bills. And then eventually I was able to drive my car. I got my car going. Um, I'm trying to think. And basically then I was looking at other videos and I was like, we got to step it up and, you know, get access to like red cameras and things like this, where we can really bring it to the next level. Um, and we had shot a video and then this is where it gets interesting. So Edgar, Edgar Esvez is my partner. He's also a very poppin' music video director. So, but before he was my partner, we were rivals. In Miami shooting videos, we were competing. You know, we, we're in the same business. And so it was like, you see him shooting video, he, that's a client I could have had, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So like, there was some competition there. And at the time he was filming, he was on the road with like uh, Jake Miller, who's also a really good friend of mine now, but we'll get to how we got there. But long story short, so like me and my friend who, oh, so the first artist I shot for is a kid in Jordan Hollywood. Um, and we built this relationship over the years. But so, um, so Edgar, I had followed him on Instagram and he had put something out saying he started a company and he was looking for creatives to build with. And I was like, I looked at the sa- this, this, this post the same way I looked at that tweet with Jordan. And I was like, well, he could either see this post and completely shit on me because we're competition and be like, look at this guy wants to be a part of, you know what I'm saying? Like, or he could be cool about it. And I didn't know. So I've always been one to put my pride aside for anything. I'm not very, you know, egotistical. I'm always about like, you know, just how can, you know, we all win. So I reached out and he basically responded. He's like, awesome. Let's go like grab lunch. So me and him grab lunch and we had talked and I had sent him some of my work and he's like, yo, I think you're dope. Um, I think we could really be, you know, do something. So that night, me and him had good, a good meeting. And then that night he had a crew uh, together of his best friends that he would edit and shoot with. And I didn't really have friends to do that with. I was always kind of a loner. Like none of my friends knew how to edit. None of my friends knew how to do any of this stuff. So I was always kind of like, a loner in this world, you know what I mean? I didn't really know like other people doing it. So he did. I never forget, he invited me over to his friend's house, uh, JP, who's also a really talented director. Um, and he was like, they were all sitting there editing videos. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like they're all just sitting at a table, everybody's editing, doing cool things. And he basically, you know, 
they were editing some red camera footage and I hadn't done anything with red yet and their computers were struggling. I had just bought the new Mac and mine was really fast. So I was like, yo, let me try. And I start color grading stuff and throwing my sauce, like things that they never knew about. Like I was good at After Effects. I was like, oh, let's do this crazy After Effects intro and all these things. So they're all looking at me like, damn, this kid's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I fit in right away. And Edgar even says, he's like, bro, that day, like I knew. So, so long story short, me and Edgar just shot everything together. We became best friends. And to this day, now we're, you know, business partners and more than one occasion. And we literally shoot everything together. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be his video, my video, or we're collabing on it together. We just, we're on this, how can we all win mentality, which is great. And one thing anybody trying to get into this should learn is that you can't do it all by yourself. Um, you know, it only gets you so far and it's a collaborative art form. So the better you are at collaborating with people and being honest and these things, it'll only take you further. So, um, so another, and then there's another layer to this. So then, um, Jordan had gotten me a gig to shoot a commercial for a clothing company in Miami called fly supply. And basically I went to their studio. I was sitting there showing them a bunch of videos I'd film like Tory Lane's videos and Jordan's videos. And I was sitting there showing and they were like, wow, man, you're super dope. You're super talented. And there was a woman there. There was a woman there and she's like, wow, like, you know, you're re really good. Like, what's your name? And she followed me on Instagram or whatever. I don't know if I gave her my number or not. But long story short, so like months go by, I shot the commercial. Um, I shot the commercial and all of a sudden I get a message in my, in my Instagram and I was like, Hey, um, I'm working with a, like a very popular director who did this cult classic movie shot does. And he really wants to meet you. Um, cause he's looking for young creatives to just, you know, work around. I was like, all right. So I went, I brought Edgar down with me and we went and met him and he had this really cool facility that he had just bought in Wynwood, Miami, which is a very budding like cultural area. I don't know if you've ever been there, but like mm -hmm. it was, this was, this was Wynwood before it was really popping. Like, like I was part of the, the expansion of Wynwood, which is pretty cool to say, but long story short, he invited us there. He had this vision. He's like, I want to bring Hollywood to Miami because everybody just comes to Miami and they film, uh, they film in it maybe a couple weeks, they shoot their shots and they get the hell out. And, and it has a lot to do with politics and different things why Miami struggles that way. But he had this vision and he, was, and he had shot a movie and to be somebody in music videos and who's always wanted to do films, that's why I got into this. Music videos were just a way to like, kind of like expand and you know, create fast. Um, but he, uh, so he had this dream and he's like, oh man, I have money behind me, I have this, I have that. And it took years to like really get it going. It was an empty studio. Then all of a sudden we got computers and it was like, he was like, you guys are shooting so many videos. Like just come create here, like come edit here. And it gave us like an office, like a home base. Yeah. I was in Miami. It was a drive, but it was like, you felt like you were going to work. You know what I'm saying? And we had, a, I had a desk, I had this. And so long story short, like we were shooting more and more and more. Then all of a sudden it became time to order equipment. And it was like, yo, what should we order? And it was like, basically like giving us the keys to the kingdom. He's like, well, we have a, you know, a lot of money to work with. And we ordered Ari Alexa film cameras. We basically ordered like $2 million worth of gear. Jesus. And, and as a young filmmaker, I was just like, holy shit. And I, I didn't know if it was for real because I was like, oh, he keeps saying we're going to order, but we never order. And like, I haven't seen anything. And sure enough, when all these boxes started coming, I was like, oh my God, brand new state of the art gear, like at the fingertips, you know, just to create with. So uh, this is right around the time where Edgar moved to LA. He was like, Chris, uh, cause we hit some standstills and projects. Like we were like always fighting about what we were going to shoot or whatever. So he was like, yo, I'm just going to go out to LA. Um, cause he was doing a lot of, a lot of things and he moved in with Jake in LA and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna stay here because I wanted to really get involved in that stuff. So I stayed, he, he came out here and then, um, we ended up getting greenlit to do a TV series. Um, the investors like, I'll put up some money to shoot some episodes. We'll shoot like three or four episodes and then try to sell the show based on those episodes. And I was like, holy crap. So then I got thrown into this role of like being like 23 or 24 years old and actually producing a TV series. And I was supposed to direct two episodes and you know, all this stuff. And this was amazing. Like, you know, I'm talking like, 
a hundred people working for me. I'm the youngest person on set and all these, it was amazing. Um, but there was just different things. And eventually the whole thing came to some like financial, like the way the investor was bringing the money in, it was too slow. And there was just a lot of problems that, you know, were out of my hands, but it was a great experience because I really got to get my hands dirty on a professional, professional scale. I made, um, you know, good money doing it. Um, but at the same time is like, there was, I would say to anybody, like failure is almost one of the best teachers in the sense of, I got to see how not to do things and how to do things and that I, stuff I use to this day. Um, but also like, you know, I guess you would say I got paid to go to film school in a sense. And mind you, I, I had wanted to go to LA straight out of high school. That was my dream. And my first time in LA, probably like coming to LA, I'd never been to LA. My first time actually coming to LA was, um, shit, probably five years after I graduated high school. So that's, that's how long crazy. it took. And my first time out here, I remember being like, wow, like how can I like, you know, you know, how could I like do whatever? So, um, then I shot the show. I took all this, you know, knowledge and power and whatever. And then it came time to like, I felt like I was outgrowing Miami, shooting too much stuff in Miami, all the clientele, like not enough stuff was going on. And I was like, man, I really want to move to LA. So, um, Jay, I would come live like half the year at Jake and Edgar's apartment and I would sleep on the couch for like months at a time and just, you know, kind of get my feet in the door out here. Um, but the other thing that was super important with meeting Sess, who's my mentor, uh, he's, he directed the shot and all that stuff. Um, he taught me basically how to write. And writing was something that I always wanted to do, but I was intimidated by because I was like, oh, I don't know how to like properly write a screenplay. It's different than writing regularly. It's like, oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? It was just like, he was like, yo, man, he, he was a guy that didn't have, you know, very much not. He learned just kind of like on the fly. Like he was a grown man when he learned and he was just like, I've read a bunch of books and then I wrote and then other people would critique it. And then sure enough, he's written over 200 screenplays and had a film made. So I was like, I was like, wow. So he would just basically say, just write. He would give me notes. He would give me notes and then I would, you know, scribe and he'd tell me, Oh, do this differently, do that. And then eventually I just became good at it. And it kind of, grew this love of writing in me. And I always learned like Hollywood is a tough game. And if you really want to get something made and you're talented and you want people to see it, sometimes you got to create it. So this is the new thing is like, and it's at such a great age because with things like Netflix and Hulu and all these different content, there's so much content out there and everybody's looking for it. It's the best time to be a content creator. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe 10 years ago, they're looking at you be like, oh, you've never read a script before. But now they're taking you serious. And you're like, wow, like, you know, they'll, they'll hear anybody out. So if the game has been changed. So it really so kind of like. How can you like, sorry to interrupt, but like no, for no, no, a no, lot no. of the younger people out there, they might look at you and say, oh, this guy already has a reputation out there. That's why Netflix wants to listen to him or Hulu wants to listen to him. But if you're someone in high school or college even, how do you take advantage of this? I would just say, don't ever worry about the age factor. Like, yeah, age, the older you are, the more serious people may take you. But at the same time, a great idea is a great idea. Um, and be, just be smart about how you move about it. Because um, basically what I did is I wrote a screenplay uh, for a TV series. And I had learned, I watch a lot of TV I learn what's dope and you look for a niche in the market where you're like, there's nothing like this, you know, like you want to walk into a meeting and them to not look you in the eyes and say like, we've never seen this before. You know, we've seen this before. So like, if they don't, if they can't look you in the eyes and say they've seen it, you know, you got something special. So what I did is I wrote something, I created a pilot, I looked into all these, you know, I, I, I do just like anybody. I go online and I figure things out, you know, and I went to this conference where they buy a lot of this content and I had sat in on interviews with like people from UTA, the United Talent Agency and like Fox and them talking about the 
buying and things and like they're basically saying they're buying people's ideas just based on a trailer that they shoot or a scene that they shoot or maybe even just a pitch that's so good with images that they'll literally shoot it you know they'll give you money to shoot a whole scene i mean to shoot the whole series where the tv market used to be different where like you would have to like write a pilot episode they'll let you shoot the pilot and then they would screen it for people and then if people seemed interested in the screening they'll be like okay we'll give you a season nowadays off the strength of just like stuff they're willing to give people just here go shoot a season you know and if you could get the right investors involved you can go do it so you're basically printing your own money that's why i try to tell people who are writing it's like writing is a grind it's very hard because you're taking an idea out of thin air and putting it into a realm a physical realm you know what i'm saying so it's like it's very different than like music videos are are easy because it's like you're hearing a song that has influence and you're like there's balance this gives me feeling there's lyrics that you can play off of there's all these things mm-hmm. but when you're writing a script it's like literally out of thin air it's you ha- it's in your head and it's it's your job to like translate what you're visualizing to a person who has nothing to do with it and that they can read it and see your vision just as clear it's very hard to do but with practice and just believing in it you can do it so it's really not hard if you just try and fail try and fail and just learn 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 and always research and all these things it's like that's that's what the one thing i would say is people if you're if you're a young kid and you're trying to break in right i would say that don't get in your own way by being scared of like how big it seems and this is the biggest thing is like i'll be honest the first tattoo i ever got just it's right here Mm -hmm. it says dream big live bigger right and it's words i live by all the time and the reason about that is because um you know at the time i was this kid who like had all these ambitions to do like films and i had no idea how to break in i didn't have a film school i didn't have anything and granted i took a path that ultimately led to where I am today. And it was through like lots of different failures, successes, relationships, and chances. Like I said, like I took the chances to tweet out and that to people reach out to people who could have easily just like shit on me for it. You know what I'm saying? And like understanding that it's all building blocks and building blocks and, you know, took the days where I wasn't making money, grinding, putting in the hours, putting in the learning, you know, to the craft, you know, where I'm still not where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? I still haven't sold a Netflix series, but I'm close. You know, I'm I'm getting meetings at least with people who are able to make it happen. And, you know, I own money at the end of last year to shoot 10 page scene of the series just to pitch it because I learned from that meeting. I said, and there's there's a pro there's a process of like being woke with energy and how life is and like realizing that the circumstances that put me in that room to hear that that's the only uh conference. I walked into that day. Like there was all these different ones and all these only one I walked into to that. And I only stayed for 10 minutes and that's the only thing I heard. So I said, there's probably a reason why I was put in that room to hear that and boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? So rather than just flush it out and not pay attention to it, those are signs from like, you know, the energies of the universe of saying, okay, you're putting it out. Well, we're going to give you a moment. If you don't seize it, then that's on you. You you missed it. So you got to always have your antenna ready and be ready to grab this information. So that's the other thing I tell people is like, whether it's a, it could be a bad thing or a good thing, just take a step back and just think like, why was I there? You know? So, so I took that and I had this chance to shoot this, this scene from my TV series and this is the first time I had really put my own money up to do anything, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm used to people paying me to do jobs. And it's like, Oh, I don't mind like renting a camera because you know, it's in the budget and I'm still making this or whatever. But this is the first time. And it was right before Christmas. And I had this itching that was like, yo, you have to shoot it. You have to shoot this before Christmas. And I was like, all right, so like, let me just do it. I had, I made good money. I was like, let me just put some of my money up. So I started making the moves of casting and reaching out to these favors of people I met on that TV show. And I was like, Hey, I wrote something and they all really liked me. So I was like, I wrote something of my own. Can you guys like work with me on your prices and just help me get this thing off the ground. And if I get off the ground, you know, I'll make sure you're my guy when I, when we're really shooting it and I'll take care of you. And granted, a lot of people did, you know, it's just, it's a super good thing. Like blessed, you know what I'm saying? So we shot it and 
this is another thing. Uh, leading up to the night of, my main actor quit at like, our shoot was at 7, 7 a.m. And the main actor quit at like 10 p.m. We were having a rehearsal with all the actors. One of them flew in from LA, all these things. And he's like, hey man, I can't do it. I can't make it. And I was like, dude, you're the main guy. You should have told me you didn't want to do it. Could have easily replaced you. That's crazy. And then it became, then I have thousands of dollars on the line. And I'm like, do I still do this? You know? And mm -hmm. I sat there and everybody's looking at me for these answers. And I'm like, you know, do I rush it? Do I do it? So I was like, let's just try to see who we can find. And we went on Instagram. We were just really searching, calling people. Do you know anybody that's kind of like this? And ultimately led to a guy who was like an athletic trainer. Cause I really wanted somebody real Miami for the role and he's not an actor. And I called him and I said, Hey man, like, you busy tomorrow? He's like, yeah, like I'm training kids tomorrow. I said, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you just quit whatever you're doing tomorrow. He's like, all right. But I said, in order for me to give it to you, I need you to come here and just show me that you can act a little bit. And his character is very intense because his character was like a stroke victim who is half paralyzed and has to walk a certain way and has physical acting. Oh, jeez. And so he jeez. came and he actually was like, oh, one of my best friends had a stroke. So like, I know this. And he did it and he was killing it. And I was like, wow, it boosted my confidence. And rather than pull the plug, we went ahead and we shot it. And sure enough, like everybody who watches it is like, wow, this guy's amazing. And I say, he's never acted. We hired him a couple hours before the shoot. And it's just like, he brought, he did way better than the guy I was supposed to hire. So that's another thing is like, you gotta, like I could have quit and then maybe I never have gotten shot, but I did it. And even in the face of like everything going, falling apart, you still push forward and, that's the one thing is like, I noticed is like whenever you're getting closer to making it or getting closer to your dreams, you get tested more and more. It's just like playing a video game. The early levels are easy. The bosses are easy. You run right through them. But as you get higher up, you know, these tests become harder. And if you really love this shit, you got to just dig deep, find it in yourself and say, I, I'll make anything happen because I'm great. And this is what I'm meant to do. And those, and I think when you achieve it and you overcome it, it, it like it's like a bonus level up like you almost skip a level because you're like wow like he did that you know and god's like oh well, we threw a wishbone at we threw a curveball at him and he he crushed it like give him some extra points so those are the big things and you know never get discouraged because everything seems far everything seems big especially when you're in high school i'll never forget like how far where i am seems from my high school and i, I put out an instagram a couple i think it was like two years ago it might have been two years ago um but it was like a picture of my 15 year old self on set of that war movie i was shooting with all my friends take a big group picture and i said something about like you know this kid you know he always liked to collaborate he was always about involving people he did this and he had big dreams and if he could see where his dreams were at 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 25 you know, what do you accomplish by 25 without going to school and doing these things? Like you get so caught up on like, yeah, I want to direct the next Jurassic Park, but not realizing that everybody who's direct directing Jurassic Park is 40 something, you know, 50 something year old guys, you know what I mean? And they grinded to get there. And of course you want to be the youngest one to do it. And you're like, oh, well, so those are realistic goals and you should want to do that and just really get your name in the game. Um, but real, realizing where you are and appreciating where you are and like, wow, like I have access to these cameras, all the cameras I would have pictures of in my room at the time, like dreaming of touching, drooling of touching. Now it's like I could put them together and assemble them with my eyes closed and know how to dial them in all from doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, so just appreciating it. And then that's why I think like, is it crazy for me to set a goal that like by 35, I want to win an Oscar. It's like, doesn't seem that far because as far away as 25 felt to 15, 35 seems achievable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to people is like set the big goals and also set the realistic goals. So like you don't feel like you're failing. And if you don't feel like you're failing, it's only going to just boost your confidence. You're only going to get better. You're only going to like want to win more. And like helping people win around you is important. I used to reach out to like directors who were bigger than me doing cool things. And I would just be like, send them my video, be like, yo, what do you think? And nine times out of 10, they would just ignore me. You know, you'll see scene on Instagram. You're like, oh fuck, you know what I mean? And 
I didn't ever want to be that person. So like usually when people DM me, I like I'll take the time, you know, to like, you know, take the interview or you know, because I always think if like I could affect one kid who's on the fence of doing something, then how awesome is that? That I've maybe changed the course of his life forever. That's big to think about, you know what I'm saying? Rather than be like, oh, that's one guy that might like take a job from me down the road. Could be a guy who all of a sudden becomes a studio head. And is like, dude, I would have never been here without you. And next thing I know, I got a job 30 years ago just from answering one email. <laughs> this is where, you know, the the knowledge is key and the, the not being too big and walk around like, oh, oh, you know, always be cocky. I'm cocky when it comes down to like being dope or, or if people try me for, you know, oh, blah, blah, this. I, I, I believe in myself very highly, you know what I'm saying? And I've always been that way. I've always trusted my abilities and different things, but I can look back on everything I've done. I get better every year. I'm learning more. I'm becoming a better businessman. I'm becoming a better creative. I'm right there on the cusp of really doing some cool stuff, you know, and I want stuff that I could do that will resonate, you know? And I think no matter how big I got, like right now, if I had the most successful TV show on television and I was right there, I would be trying to find ways to like, you know, find, reach out to kids that were like trying to do stuff and maybe just invite like kids to my set. You know what I'm saying? Like be like, Oh, like, you know, you really want to do this. Like, we'll just come hang out on set one day and see like where you want to do, you know? Cause I can imagine if people did that for me back then, you know? So, and I think the universe, the universe will reward you for things like these and, and not being selfish with, with your successes and, and pretty much all those. So, so yeah, I mean, super important stuff, you know. Like I said, I can inspire people for days because <laughs> we have people come into our house all the time and and between me and Edgar like we can really talk to people because we love to do that, you know. Uh for example, my brother, my older brother was working at a restaurant waiting tables and he had been around me for years. He was actually the actor in a lot of these home movies, but he was hitting these dead-end jobs of just waiting tables and he hadn't go to school either and he was just like, "We don't know what to do." Um so it was right when I was moving out here, it was the day his restaurant was closing. And I said, that that's a sign that my move-in day is the day you're, so I said, move out to LA and we'll get you, you know, we'll get you going. So sure enough, now he's producing pretty much a majority of our videos and he's shooting videos himself. He's developing his own team and he's building, you know, and he's starting to finally gain momentum and become better at it. So it just shows you that like, you know, Probably know if I just left him behind, he'd still be working there, you know, without really gaining traction to do something really cool. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, an yeah. interesting point because, like, I've always wondered what the answer to this question would be for someone who has your kind of perspective. Of if you were in high school today, right, or in college or something, and you were you had the choice to either go to college in California or go to college somewhere else in the world, but you wanted to be in film. Would you pick somewhere else that was a more smaller niche area so you can grow your reputation maybe easier because there isn't as much competition before moving out to LA or would you start in LA? I don't know. That's that's one of those things where um, there's definitely been people who've had success going to small schools and big schools. Um, I think it fits into like whatever your path is, it is Um, just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for somebody else and vice versa. But I know people that have gone to film school and they tell me, you know, it wasn't worth it because here's an example. I've had people who, when I was graduating high school, they had the grades, like a lot of these kids I interned with at the, at the news studio they they went on to go to like FSU film school, these very high prestigious places. And I kid you not, I have DMs in my Facebook and my Instagram from these same kids with this degree that are asking how they can work for me. So, you know, that's just one of those things of like, wow, you guys spent the money and you did this. And, you know, that sucks. I feel bad for them because I, w- I would hate if that was me. And unfortunately, I just don't have a place for them to work with me. But I always try to give them tips and be like, oh, just keep going, you know, just keep grinding. You know, you'll figure it out. But like, if I would have chose to go to a smaller college, probably not. Like, I don't know. Like, looking back at it now, it's so tough because it's like college. And I'm I'm not just talking about me. It's like, I didn't do it. 
Edgar didn't do it. A lot of the people I'm creating with didn't do it and were really good. And in this day and age, it's not like film school 20 years ago where to get your hands in the industry and do these things, you couldn't do it like you can do it today. Mm-hmm. Great 4K cameras are at the fingertips of everybody. You know, all for a couple thousand dollars, you could really go shoot some dope stuff. And that's really the key is like, sometimes I get mad at myself because like, I think back to like, whenever I feel myself getting lazy, I like think back to like the kid I was who was just shooting movies about nothing, you know, dreaming about big cameras. And now it's like, I have access to cameras and content all the time. It's like, I don't shoot enough. What's the most expensive camera you've used? I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, when you're, you're sitting here holding a, hundred thousand dollar you know camera you're like wow like i'm here and i'm talking the big stuff where like you're looking the pictures i used to look at of like steven spielberg on set i've sat here and used and know how to use and i'm not just throwing around fake knowledge when i'm like oh i need this light here and let's dim it to this and let's throw that in front of it i'm i literally can speak the language of a professional and it's it's by doing research of like you know i every single day i go on the internet and i try to learn one thing that i didn't know yesterday especially when it comes to my craft. Like I'll get late at night, I'll just sit on the computer and I'll look things up and I'll be like, oh, this is really dope. I didn't know this before, this and this, you know? So like, I think it's very important to kind of like, you know, always learn and pay attention to people who are bigger. Cause I've gotten to be on set with the guys who have been in this industry for like 40 years and they put in even more hours than me and they've shot things. And I ask questions all the time I'm on set with them. Like I literally, we almost hire them so that I can ask questions, you know, like, Oh, why are you doing that? And the next time I'm doing it on my own set without them and they're commenting, wow, looks great. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's the other thing, you know? So pay homage to the ones who are dope, but also like try to lead the way for the next generation, you know, like be the bridge. Exactly. And I think you're doing a great job of doing that right now. Um, like you, your story has, heartbreak i mean where you hit your low points right after high school um right before you were making that college decision you overcame a lot of great things where you um a lot of difficult things i should say where you had bumps in the road where you couldn't do all that you wanted to where you were stuck in miami or, or um you didn't really know what path to take and you turned it into something or made it blossom into something beautiful um you're extremely talented especially from the work that i've seen on your instagram I definitely think you're paving the way um for for ones behind you as well as paying homage to the ones um that came before you and it shows in your heart um but what what we want to lead into now is um, there's a huge echo. Let's try this one. Let's try this again. Try this again. Yeah, all right, a little better. Um, so what we want to get into now is our loading bar question. We want to take your journey and turn it into a loading bar. Yeah. So from zero to one hundred percent. Yeah, a loading okay. bar. Um, from zero to one hundred percent, where do you feel like you are on your loading bar? Oh, wow. Here's the probably the best thing I would say is my loading bar doesn't have 100%. <laughs> so like for me to judge it is like, you could say it's 100 right now, but my has like a 1000 million, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's never going to be a cap. It's always because growing, right? because even if I achieve the mountaintop of like, I won six Oscars, say, by six Oscars, I don't want to just be quenched. I want to be like, okay, well, can I do different business ventures? Can I go like get into entrepreneurship where I start the next Hulu or, you know what I'm saying? So there's always going to be something. So that's the other thing is like, I think people with something without something to chase is, 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 is bad. And Matthew McConaughey said it best in his Oscar speech where he's like, I chase myself 10 years in the future. So he's like, I'm never going to meet that guy I want to be because I'm always chasing him. And that's honestly super true. I think that's a big thing is like, you never want to cap out. And the reason why I love my job is there's really no ceiling. You know what I mean? There's really no ceiling to how high. There's no loading bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that's how I would answer that question. That's definitely a unique look at, at the loading bar question in general. And 
It's, it's like, different. Give me a try, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, it shows in, in your work, right? So yeah. with that, we get to move into our deep thinking question. So with that, are you ready? I'm always ready. to. I might screw you guys up with some of these questions. So I might go real deep. <laughs> hey, that's what we like. So Let's do it. with that, um, question number one, let's imagine 100 years from now, you're sitting on your last day on Earth. And you've been able to accomplish everything in your life. You've won your six um, Oscars. You've been able to build a build a billion dollar company. Everything that you've ever wanted, but everything that you've ever touched disappears. And you get to pick three things that you want to be remembered for. What are those three things? Everything I've ever touched disappears. You've accomplished everything, but it's gonna disappear. Okay. And I can only save three things. It can be, yeah, you can save three tangible things or untangible things. Okay. Let's see. Well, if I was a successful film director, I would at least hope to save, like, one of my films. You know, like, if it was something that I think would help generations to come. Um second would be something that's like some sort of family legacy that you know holds up to the future generations of myself and the third would be like thank you like i don't give a shit about the oscars you know like i can't take that shit with me <laughs> it just be more so like like you look at some of these directors that have been dead for a hundred years Oh, not a hundred years, but like for long times and people will still break down their work and talk about it to this day and learn from it. And there's thousands of videos about people like, Oh my God, Stanley Kubrick, you know what I mean? So like, I think that's, that's a way to live forever is through a piece of art. So I would rather take like the best piece I ever did and just say, there it is. And then people could study it for, you know, forever. Cause that's a way to live on forever. Um, like I said, the family legacy thing could almost attach to that, I guess. Like, cause if people are remembering um and i guess if i built if i built some sort of company i would like to see it like you know like whether it be like some really life-changing thing i don't know like if it's the next youtube or google or whatever you know like hopefully that thing goes for millions of years or as long as civilization lasts i don't know so yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much that one no, I definitely feel that. I mean, I feel like art is eternal. Um, and that's where people truly make their legacy. Um, and art in all different types of forms, whether it's film, um, painting, drawing, music, all these things. Like, despite whether they are alive or not, like, they, their art lasts, outlives them. Um, you see it, man. People line up for hours to go see a glimpse of the Mona Lisa. You know, it's painted. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even if your legacy only lives on 500 years, that's still 500 years that you weren't here. It's exactly. crazy to think about. So, or even if, it, you know, that's what they say is, like, you don't truly die until somebody last says your name. You know? mm -hmm. So that's, like, when, like, you've got guys like George Washington who probably will have their name said for a long time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as long as he's on the $1 bill and people are bringing it up. You know, as controversial as Donald Trump is, I don't say his name going away anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy pretty much asserted himself into foreverness. You know what I mean? Which is a crazy thing to do. You know? No, that's, I definitely that's feel a wild that. thing to think about. So, so, so second question second for question you here. here. We're still in that 120 year time mark, um, and you look onto your shelf and. You see a case and it's a film of your entire life so it's uh basically a show centered around your life the very first episode the pilot episode is your entire life up until this very point what is the title of that show the entire life up to the point i'm at right now right now like right now what is the title of that show wow think you know it's funny is even shows i'm writing it's like coming up the name is the hardest part <laughs> so now you're asking me to create a name for my life uh, 
Well, that's something you know the best. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Hold on. I got something at the tip of my head. Hold on. It would have to be something like something playing on the idea of like short being long. You know what I mean? Like, I would say, because uh, cause short has always been relevant in my life. I'm not a tall guy. I'll be honest. I'm like five foot four, so I've always been the short guy. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the David and Goliath thing. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, it's not really on the Napoleon complex. I'm not like one of those guys, but like. You know, I'm short, so, like, it's always, like, the short distance seems the furthest and things like that. Like, I don't know. I'd have to really think on it, but there's probably a play on words that I could kill there. You know, as far as for where I am, like, it's a short distance. Like, it's long, like, 20 – I'm 26, so, like, 26 years is a long time, but, like, at the same time, it's not, you know. And my professional career is only, I think, professionally, you know, eight years. So, like, eight years, you know. So it'd be something, the shortest mile or the shortest marathon or something like that. You know what I mean? Like something like that. But yeah. Okay. I like it. The shortest marathon. I think that could be something, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we might have something. By the end of this, we might have something better. But right now, hey, like as long as we I have good names fun. for some of the stuff I've created, but that, you know, I, haven't, I never thought about the name for my life. All right. All right. So before we ask our last question, um, where can people interact with you um, with DMs or see your content? What's the best place? Uh, Instagram, I would say. I mean, I'll be honest, my website's been under construction for like a while. I just spent like $700 like a month ago because I was bored and was like, oh, I really want a badass website and did all this stuff and then realized I don't know how to make a website. And then like, <laughs> I got a buddy of mine who's really dope at making them and he's just like been waiting for me to get the content. And it's like, whenever I get a window of my days, it's like, just when I think I have nothing going on, all of a sudden you get like 20 emails of like things you thought you were done with. All of a sudden, oh, I need like an Instagram clip to post or, oh, can we exchange this video out for clean video? Oh, you just got two more videos, but they need treatments by this, literally. And it's just how it is. So like, that's why I like really want to get to a point where I could just write all the time. And I get like little windows. It's like this like faucet. I always call it the creative faucet. And it's kind of like that movie Mad Max where like the Fury Road one where all of a sudden the guy turns on the water and it's just like rushing out and everybody's scrambling to get a basket under it. That's like literally how my brain works. So like whenever I'm also my brain like water, I'm like, oh shit, I got to stop what I'm doing and like <laughs> just really soak it in because one, you never know when it shuts off and then you don't know when it's going to come back on. And unfortunately, but fortunately, like my job in music videos is constantly making me create, but you get to a point where music videos, like you can only get so creative, you know what I'm saying? Like, or within a budget, you're creative and it's, or you really have passion idea and they're like, ah, oh, but it's not really right for us. And they're just like, damn, you know? So like, I'm really starting to take forge now that I've made money and I have money and doing things. I'm trying to like fund a lot of my own things. So like, my next project right now is like I've been writing a Nike spec commercial where it's like, I have this really great idea that um, for a commercial and I just want to shoot it. I'm gonna put my own money up, shoot it, put it out there in the internet. Nike could love it and say like, we love what you did. Can we buy it? They may never see it. They may never want to buy it, but like other people may see it and it builds, it builds a league of work where like now I can reach out to ad agencies to maybe get commercial jobs because they see what I did. And this is kind of like, I would say create your own shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't wait for the shot to come to you. Like go create your own shot. You know, that's the best way because the one thing they can't do is deny talent. They're not going to look you in the face and be like, it's so dope, but we can't give it to you because like you're too young. It's just, this is not going to happen. If you're dope, let people know you're dope and they can't look you in the eyes and tell you you can't. It's just how it is. So that's another big lesson. But I forget what the last question was. What was it? No, so we haven't asked it yet. No, we haven't. Oh, okay. What was that? What was the point I was supposed to be saying? Uh, where can if people someone... find you on social basis? Oh, where can they interact? Yeah, my bad. Instagram is probably the best way. Instagram is like my website. It's just the way I post where you can see 
me what I eat for lunch every day or, or what my latest work is. You know, I try to stay on top of it. But website should be coming soon. So, you know, you can check the intermittently. It'll probably when it's live, it'll be at a link on my on my Instagram. So that would nice. be the best way. Dope, dope. And I try to answer I try to answer everybody. So if I don't get to it right away, just have faith. <laughs> no, that it definitely goes down in the DMs, man. That's how we get ninety nine percent of our interviews. So yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how we got, I, we got I, connected. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So last question. What is a question that you wish that we asked you? That's a question I wish you guys asked me. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Like, because you guys asked some good questions, and then I, I just elaborated because I know there's, like, pieces to a lot of my story that, like, if I had heard when I was going through it, maybe it would have affected me. You know what I'm saying? I always think about that. Like, put myself in – I know like in this day and age, there's so many kids because I get emailed a lot, you know, by a lot of up and coming kids. And the number one question any person who's trying to do it asks me is like, should I go to film school? I'm about to graduate high school. Should I go to film school? Should I do this? And I give them my story and I tell them, you know, that's my story could or could not work for you, but don't listen to the people around you. Like, you know, another one, a last note I'll leave everybody on is I'll never forget when I was graduating uh, high school and my whole family's around me and and they're like oh I was at my graduation party like so what are you gonna do and I was like oh I'm gonna be a filmmaker and they're all like a oh, filmmaker you know how hard that is like you know it's not an easy industry to break into you can't just not everybody can do that so there you go like right at the stage the first stage you get your first blow of everybody not believing in you you know what I'm saying so that's the first one that's supposed to knock you peg back and People right then and there might take that and be like, well, that's it. Well, I can't do this then, you know, or, or they might be in a position where their family is putting pressure on them. Like, you can't really do that. Like, you need to go get a real job or do this or go to school to learn a real craft, let alone that they're boxing their kid in to like maybe reach his full potential. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, there's a lot of unsuccessful people, but when there's also a lot of successful people and there's a lot of ways to make money in this industry that is not just being the director. That's another thing I would say to people is there's, there's so many jobs in a film community from every standpoint where it can literally, you know, you can have a career and it's a fun job. It doesn't feel like you're going to work when you love it. It's the other thing, but long story short. So those same family members that I see, I go to family things now and they see, you know, my cousins are all older and they see, Oh, you shot a video for who? Oh my God. Like, you know, all the kids, like they love to know who I shoot for and my aunts and my uncles and everybody, everybody's asking me like, Oh, like, you know, can we show some of your work? And next thing you know, you're at a party and they're all just pulling your stuff up and every, and everybody wants to talk to you. But when I was the guy that had the dream, everybody was just trying to shit on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Except for my parents. My parents are always supportive, but, but like, I'm just talking about immediate family. So, so that's a, don't take, doesn't your dreams. And that's the big Nike campaign right now. Dream crazy, but like dream crazier than everybody else and just go do it. Like, you know, you're not going to make money at first. So I tell people all the time, you're not going to make money, but never get into something for the money because you'll only be disappointed. And, and that's the truth of it. Do it because you love it. I still do it because I love it today. To this day, I always tell myself, if I stop loving it, then I'm going to stop doing it, you know? And that's what I always try to not get caught up on money. And unfortunately, the older you get, the more bills you get, yeah. your lifestyle changes, you move to LA, yeah. you got rent, you got nice things and you're you like, taxes. you get used to a certain yeah. life. But the best thing about it is... I swear I tell this too is like get to that point where push yourself out of your comfort zone. Like when I moved to LA, I was like, Oh, can I really like work all this time? I'm moving to a place where nobody knows my name. Can I really maintain the work? And can I do all these things? And it's like, push yourself to do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, like really get out of that, that, that comfort zone and get there. And now it's like, wow, you realize you're doing, you're working even harder because you're chasing this and you don't realize that you look back and you're like, wow, I'm like really doing this. You know, you're like without a problem in the world. So, yeah, that's a big thing. It's like don't get in your own way and don't let other people get in your way. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you believe in yourself, like there's no reason that you should listen to anybody. 
That's dope. And I think your story is a, a true example of that. And it will touch many, many listeners um, who aspire to be not only in the film industry, but in a variety of industries. Exactly. It's not just about, in my industry, it's just literally, if you're at that crossroads of trying to figure out your life, which a lot of people are, not to say like, you can just, anybody can go pick up a camera and be great because I'll be honest, there needs to be some talent there. There has to be some drive. It's not like, oh, well, Steven Spielberg makes $360 million a year. I want to do that because I can make all that money. If you don't have creative in you, then I'm sorry. Well, there's probably a longer road for you. You know what I'm saying? But like, there's never been a better time to get involved in it. I'll tell you that. It's right at the fingertips. The age is getting, the age gap's getting down the gender inclusion the racial inclusion it's becoming an everybody game you know what i'm saying so it's it's definitely wide open so if anybody's on the fence of it dive in head first is what i'd say i did <laughs> so don't check to see how deep <laughs> i want to take this opportunity to extend a huge get your grind up young and them thank you for hopping on the podcast sharing your story with us and you know dropping some knowledge and some motivation my man, I, like I said, I just hope one person attached to it. And if we changed one life today, we all did our jobs, you know? So but just don't forget when you're up there getting your Academy Award speech, just shout me out. <laughs> <laughs> or if I'm unemployed at the time, reach out. <laughs> I'm sure they have no problem with that. Exactly. Everyone, everyone listening out there, if you want to learn a little bit more about Christian, hop on our website, getyourgrindup.com, or follow us on social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at getyourgrindup.com. We will be back very soon with another episode of the Young and Dumb Podcast. It's your co-host from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, signing out. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Peace out.